Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. You know, but before we get in uh, to what we're talking about, I, I just want to tell you, you know, uh, it, it matters that you're here. It matters that you're here. It matters that, that you, you, you come. It matters that you lean in. You engage in worship. Come on. Like you, you, you take notes. Listen, we don't ever want to be an insider church. We don't ever want to be a church that we're just checking off the list and you grew up in church so you're going to church. Can, can I just tell you that I believe that God has something for you now. Today, like right now. And here's the thing about the Word of God is that it prepares you before you know what you're going into. So here's the thing is while every sermon may not speak to where you're at, it may help you on where you're going. Does that make so, so you're taking notes and you're opening your spirit because I really do believe that the Holy Spirit leads us. The Bible says he leads us. And so sometimes the word that's coming, the worship that's playing, or the conversation that you just had is going before you. The Bible says that he stands behind you and he makes your path straight. So that it's the idea that it's not just that you're a la carte and picking what you need, but we believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking and he's preparing you and he's speaking to you in a moment, before a moment, and after a moment so that it is all encompassing. Come on, somebody. And so that's why we come. That's why we lean in for all of those who are watching online. Come on, y'all, y'all give some love to them. Our online family. Listen, we always wanted to be multi-campus and, and now we are. We just kind of blew up that way. Um, uh, listen, um, uh, there are some, some thoughts. And I just want to talk to you guys online for a second. You know, we believe your home can become a sanctuary. And, and when we're in worship, you know, listen, this is, we're not wanting this to be Netflix. This is church service. And so we're asking you to lift your hands. Sing. You know, the cool thing about being at home and singing, if there's not a lot of people there, you can sing really loud. And, 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 and nobody knows. Come on. Because I don't know if any of you have ever had, fallen victim to watermelon. Where, you know, your mouth is moving, but nothing's really coming out. Because I'm sitting really close to someone. The truth is, sing. When we come and do offering, bring your family together. Kneel right there at your bed in your living room. Pray for them. Give your first and best. Even as we take notes, engage. Come on, come on. Maybe your feet are up right now. Maybe you're in your bathrobe. That's cool. Do you? But 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 sit up. Let's take notes and let's engage. Come on. Does that make sense? And what God is doing, even in our ministry time, even in our ministry time, we're not over and we're not done. Come on. When we uh we're not over and done when we uh whoa got caught uh when we do ministry time we are still ministering and we believe that whatever we're engaging here you can also engage come on online and so the ministry mo oh the preaching's done let's turn it off no 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 we're we're wanting ministry to happen right come on where you're at so do me a favor in in service we like to amen that's right that's good come on so, come on that's right we're 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 a talking church mainly it's because I grew up with ADD and so your talking makes me actually focus um and, and so uh we want that but also online leave a comment 
engage. You know, our viewership has gone up, but we want to make sure that you're present. So throw a like, throw a comment and, and do that. Um, I'm excited because I get to brag on what God's doing at the house. Uh, we're in a new series called House Plan. Come on. House Plan. And we believe that God has a plan, come on, for the house. And we want to just kind of take a moment. We want to just talk a little bit about what God's doing. If this is the first time you've been here or you've been here a hundred times, we believe that God has an assignment, listen, for your life. You were created with a purpose. Maybe nobody told you that when you were younger. Maybe uh, you were protected, sheltered, loved, but maybe there wasn't a lot of communication in your home. And maybe nobody downloaded this thought where, uh, ma'am, sir, like there is an assignment for your life and we believe that you were born, come on, listen, with a God-given purpose. And it is so exciting to see the stories of transformation. Listen, we're not a perfect church, but here is the thing that I'm excited about. I am excited about that every time someone has walked through the doors, that, that we can know that they have been loved. They've been loved. And, and, and they were able to hear truth. Love covers a multitude of sin. Truth sets people free. You have to have both. Truth without love cripples people. That's, that's why it's, it, it, we, we've got to guard our heart. Because listen, if you're always speaking at the time of emotional climax and you're giving them a come to Jesus meeting, most of the time that's about how you feel better. <laughs> like I need to do this for me even though you're getting it. The truth of the matter is we as believers, we don't give vindictive truth. We give truth that sets people free. You know, there's a, we, we, we talked about this in dad life. There's a big difference between punishment and discipline. Punishment is what you do to a child. Discipline is what you do for a child. God loves us and he wants to unleash us into all the things that God has called us, come on, to be. We've seen people move. In, the, in, in February, listen, we, we, we are celebrating five years. Five years. Hey, come on, Mendoza. We come a long way, baby, from... Uh, um, from starting this, you know, the three first three events we did, uh, uh, like one person came. Yeah. It was awesome. We gave out barbecue and we had a lot of barbecue left. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know, it's like throwing Thanksgiving and then all your family says we're not coming. That's cool. It was cool. Um, but, but over the last five years, we've been able to see people move from just coming to engaging, from engaging to serving. From serving to inviting their friends to come, their co-workers. From inviting their friends and co-workers to actually leading on our team. And we have seen God move and we are giving Him, come on, all the glory for it. Listen, I, I don't know about you, but I, I grew up watching Full House. Come on, any, any, any Full House people? Come on, that's, come on, I'm gonna just tell you this. You know, listen, I, I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to say this or not publicly, but babe, I, I just gotta tell you, uh, you know, God has a wonderful plan, but I really thought I was going to marry DJ, DJ Tanner. <laughs> uh, I just thought in that moment, you know, you never know. <laughs> I could see myself fitting in with the fellas, you know. Uh, listen, uh, there was something intriguing about Full House. And, and, and so here, here's the thing. It was, a, it was a bunch of friends that became family. 
And in becoming family, they dealt with real life issues, but there was still a presence of joy. Now, I know that that it's just writers and actors and entertainment, but I believe that God's house, come on somebody, can be even a better reflection of that where we walk through real life with people, but we don't lose our stuff every time a problem happens and there's still some laughter, there's still some joy, come on, in the house as we begin to make friends, family, and I believe the church is a place where you can do life. You know, and as we talk about this today, we see in Scripture that God wants a full house. God wants a full house. A full house that, that operates in love and, 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 and there's life. Come on, something's going on. There, there's, there's a gleam in your eye. Come on, if you're a man here, we're not going to want you to be here long and you continually look down. There's life here. And so I don't know what, what, what baggage and background you had in your past, but I'm telling you, God can take your past and He can turn it, change it, and, and, and go ahead and rele- un- release you to be everything God's called you to be. We're not saying there isn't a reason for that, but we're saying that you are more than a conqueror and you can step back because here's the deal. You're not looking for the approval of man because you have the approval of God. Come on, somebody. Come on. It's different. It's different. We want a house that, that operates in unconditional love. In other words, we don't love you. Um, on, we only love you if you look like us. We only love you if you act like us. We only love you if you think like us. See, we believe that there's a process. And the truth of the matter is, it is awesome how the family is a reflection of the church. And many times we have kids and they don't know anything. But we love them. All they do is we clean up their messes. But we love them. They actually need us to survive. But we love them. The first six years of a kid's life is all you. Like it's just responsibility. And and I don't know about you. Maybe you were the awesome adult. But I was like learning how to manage my own life. And now their life. Come on, somebody. It was like, I, I'm still trying to find my own keys. <laughs> now I need to find the water bottle. <laughs> I, I, like, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, what began to grow Katie and I into thriving adults was the responsibility of babies. That's what the church does. That's why you're needed. That's why you got to grow because some people are coming. And guess what? Their first three to four years, they're only going to be work. We never get frustrated that the baby's in our church because we realize that it takes a baby to become an adult. Come on, does it make sense? We want to have life. We want to see new people. We want to, I'll never forget, (laughs) I was preaching a sermon one time and after um, we got done, this guy got saved, he was brand new, and he was like, man, pastor, that was a good sermon. And I was like... Man, you know you're right. It was. He didn't. He didn't know, and I wasn't gonna tell him. I'm like, hey. The truth of the matter is, we get so religious, and we're like, oh, you can't do that. Can't say that. Can't do that. You're showing your belly button. And we have, and we, and we make people be everything at the beginning. But the truth of the matter is, maybe you had a wonderful child that came out and started ironing, but I don't think you did. 
They messed up everything. They changed your schedule. Parents, you used to be cool. You changed your, your awesome vehicle for a minivan. You sold out. But, but here's the reality is that's what the church has got to do. It's, come on, listen, listen. It's got to sell out to the fact that everyone needs a home. Everyone needs a home. And, to, and to, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about, come on, the house plan. Psalms chapter 92, verse 12 through 14. It says this. The righteous flourish like a palm tree and shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in their old age. Come on, listen. Everybody over 40, everybody over 50, everybody over 60. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just live life. I want to bear fruit until I'm done. Meaning, I want people to see that something is happening through me until I'm done. Look at this last part. They will be fresh and flourishing. Come on, some of you are working so hard to be fresh. I'm fresh. Get your little haircut. Devin got a haircut this week, I think. Fresh and flourishing, baby. Listen, I, when you're not fresh and you're not flourishing, before blaming your mate, before blaming your boss, before being frustrated at your kids, why don't you check and see, am I planted? Am I acting like a palm tree? Am I acting like a cedar? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. In this verse, it, it, it gives us pictures of two types of tree. The palm and the cedar. Flourish like a palm tree. Flourish like a palm tree. Let's just talk about this real quick. The palm tree is an example of what God wants our spiritual life to emulate. A, 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 a palm tree is... Uh, magnificent. It, it, it's a beautiful tree. It has a deep taproot. And listen, it can even flourish in the desert. You may be here in a dry place. You may be here in, 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 in a place that does not feel like there's a lot of life going on. And I want you to know that what God can deposit into your life can 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 flourish even in the gray, can flourish even in the darkest of night, can flourish even, come on, does this make sense? Not only that, but it's one of the most, listen to this, it's one of the most useful trees ever, okay? Uh, Not only does it produce dates, but it also is used for sugar, wine, honey, oil, rope, thread, dye stuff, its seeds feed cattle. Its leaves are used for roofs, fences, mats, and baskets. Its fruit, listen to this, gets sweeter as it gets older. Stop. Well, my sweet people. <laughs> we got to be, come on, listen, a palm tree. 
We got to be a palm tree. So what this means is a believer's life should flourish, should flourish. And I know we got Netflix shows and people talking about, oh, we got to stand against the prosperity gospel. We got, ah, ah, and everybody gets mad. And everybody's going, here's the reality. God didn't come into your life so that you would make a billion dollars. But it is wrong theology to think that God, when you actually give Him the will and you actually let Him navigate your life, that He is not going to make your life better because if He is the source, it's going to flourish everything in your life. Come on, does that make sense? Your marriage should flourish. The way you respond should flourish. Come on, the way you understand finances and structure, it should flourish. When we do it God's way, God's way works. Come on, somebody. A palm tree. That means you become a tool. You become a minister. You become a weapon. Come on. Of the kingdom. That here's the thing. Everything in you is productive. It produces. There's no waste. Our life has the potential to add incredible value to others. And here's the reality. Palm trees influence other areas. Be a palm tree, flourish, expand, produce, be a giver. That's what a palm tree does. I don't know if you knew this because you probably didn't study palm trees last week. (laughs) But you can cut it, but you can't kill it. The minerals and the nutrients in most trees, um, in order for them to survive, is on the surface. Just below the bark. And when you cut them into the bark, they die. But not the palm tree. The palm tree, listen to this. You, it's so good. Bible so it's, it's like science. Um, its life comes from inside. And so it flourishes even when it's under attack. I don't know who, knew, who needs to hear this today. But I came to tell you pain, grief frustration, you can flourish like a palm tree. Stuff going on with your family, stuff going on with your kids, stuff going on with your job, stuff going on with, does that make sense? Here you are, you're engaging this relationship, they ain't going to text you back, and you're like, oh my God, I don't feel like a Christian right now. Your job, your, your boss keeps promising you a promotion, and it's been like five years, and you're like, oh snap. If you tell me it's getting close one more time, I'm fixing to get close. You know what I'm saying? You have a great conversation with your teenager and they say, I'm going to clean my room. I'm just going to let it stay there. Something I read about. Something I read about. Come on, listen. Here's what I'm saying. Is that, is that if you're burnt out, frazzled, stressed out, stretched thin, you've got to know that you can flourish like a palm tree and you've got to stay planted. You've got to plant. In other words, here's the deal. Be planted like a palm tree and a seed planted in the courts of the Lord. When tropical winds blow, they blow most trees away, but not the palm tree. Listen to this. The stronger the wind, the further the tree bends. 
And when it comes back, it comes back stronger than it was before. The Bible tells us that we will bend what we will not break. We will bend and we will not break. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 11, it says, We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Come on, I'm speaking to someone today. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted and we are not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Somebody needs some faith in their life right now. Someone, you know what? Stop giving up on your kids. Stop giving up on your family. Stop assessing. Stop being under the weight of all that you see and realize that I'm going to be firmly planted. Everybody needs a home. Come on, somebody. Grow like a cedar. The cedar of Lebanon only grows on the mountains. And it is found on the Syrian ridge. 6,500 to 8,000 feet above the Mediterranean Sea. I believe God has always been looking To take his people up the mountain. God has always, even from Exodus, God has always been looking to give an invitation to say, come up higher. Come see me. Get out of that muck. Get out of that mire. Come walk with me. Come on, somebody. You have the opportunity to move up. God is always looking for believers to take a next step. We don't see discipleship as a class. We see it, come on, as a lifestyle. And I came to tell you that there you can move up. There's a next step for you. There's a next step. Move up out of that doubt. Move up from hurt and pain and your past. Move up from those hurtful mindsets. Move up and keep growing. You've been given an invitation to move up higher. What an amazing analogy. When you think about a cedar tree, it grows 120 feet tall. Imagine a 10 to 12 story building. It, its limbs go out 30 to 50 feet. Here's what I'm telling you. When you go up higher and you begin to grow, you begin to offer more shade to more people. Move up higher. Grow spiritually. Be fruitful and produce life. That is what it means, come on, to thrive in the house of God. This is why everybody needs a home. This is more than, than, than a concept. We're getting more than concepts here. We're planting. And so you, you may hear three sermons in a row that you love and three that you don't. Stay planted. Because God does something in years. We are such a fast society that if He doesn't do it right now, right now, right now, and I know many people that chase and go everywhere trying to look for the next Word of God, and, and, and after years and years and years, the only thing that they've got good at is leaving and coming. You've got to plant. You've got to plant. And, and here's the deal, because planting... Builds influence. Planting builds relationships. You want to know why friendships are so hard? It's because you can't find old time friends. You've got to build them. That's what we're wanting you to do. That's why we do life. Oh, that church just wants you to do something. That's right. Because you need something. 
And what you need is a friend. And what you need is people. And if you're going to build old time friendships, then you're going to have to produce quality right now. Come on, does that make sense? And then you're going to have to, where can I be in five years? Where can I be in ten years? If I stay planted. And you know what? Some of the things that I'm going to say, you're going to love it. That's my pastor. And some things I'm going to say, you're going to be like, I don't know about that. And I'm not mad about that. I don't get my feelings hurt. You know why? Because I'm married to my wife. And there's a lot of things that we can't agree on. But we say implanted. (laughs) Does it make sense? For us, what has the house been called to do? The house has been called to, to be a part of spiritual transformation. Why did we call it the house? Because a house is a place you build life. The house is a place that you build life. All in the Old Testament, God said, my house, my house, my house, my house will be a place of prayer. My house, my house, my house. The house is a multicultural, multi-generational church where you can be known, loved, and challenged. And we're not, we're, we're not scared of any of those three. And we need you to not be scared of anything. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't want a church where, where, where we just come in and we eat the meal, but we're never known. I don't want to be a church that we, we talk about how God can heal, but, but we never get to the place where we really can love. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be a church that uh, everything has to be nice and friendly and there can absolutely be no challenge. Because the truth of the matter is, if you think about a home, a home does all of those things. For us, um, I'm excited next week, Katie's going to talk a little bit about her story. Um, but, but the truth is, both Katie and I were burdened with baggage like everybody else. I was adopted from a foster home. Uh... I had health issues, academic issues, relational setbacks. My parents, who worked hard to form a family, quickly realized that being together, uh, they were unhealthy. That caused my mom and my sister, who was also adopted. Um, we moved from Round Rock, Texas, to Beeville. Um, and if you know Beeville, it's like, you know, you can swim. <laughs> it's like right there at the end of Texas. And, uh, uh, my transition uh, was tough. Uh, my parents got divorced when they were seven, and we moved from a higher class of living um, to government assistance, housing. Um, my mom went back to college, and uh, we made it solely on government assistance, food stamps, and WIC. You know, it was hard because my mom struggled the rest of her adult life with the divorce. The rest of her, divorce, her rest of her adult life, I can't remember a time growing up where there wasn't drama. The drama was high, the anger was intense, or the pain wasn't present. That's the house I grew up in. And with all that was happening in my life, all of the hurt and confusion and rejection, uh, my mom made one huge, many, but I, I count this as the top. Does that make sense? One courageous decision, she planted me in the house of the Lord. During my junior high and high school years, 
she made sure that I was there every time the doors were open. And it was there. I heard about God as a good father. And I needed to hear that because I was wrestling with my earthly one. I accepted forgiveness. I began to see the need to live free. And it was in church, in relationships, people speaking over my life, prophetically, relationally, that I began to fuel the purpose that was in me that I couldn't even get to. Come on, does this make sense? Here is what I need you to see. That one act by my mom was the biggest blessing in my life. And that one act by my mom is blessing you. For me, the church is more than a building. It's a home. It's a home. And so when you, when you look on the wall or you see what we do, um, that, that, that wasn't to be cute or creative. It wasn't just kind of a, a, a cultural whim. It was the process of transformation. And we believe that if you will walk through that process, you and your life in the future, maybe not right now in this moment, you will thrive. You will flourish. God's word does not come back void. And so we use these sermons to um to pick and choose what we want and so we throw god's word won't come back void when we're praying about winning the lotto but it's not about the lotto god has a spiritual transformation that he wants you to walk through and if you do it it will only work every time It will only work every time. And so the house plan, what is the house? It is a place where we walk through the process of spiritual transformation. There is a shallow end and there is a deep end. We do never want to be an insider church, but we also don't want to be baby only. We want young ones coming in. We want to leverage the old. And as there are both, then there is a necessity for people to rise up and teach the word and open their home. And there's also a necessity to do an outreach and Reach someone that is totally far and distant from God. And this is what we do as a church. And so if you're wanting a church that's super, super deep every time. Or if you're wanting a church that's super, super shallow every time. Then this may not be your church. Because we believe that the church is called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so we are moving people up and on. And in the years to come, there will be pastors and missionaries and leaders and God will begin to do. And I don't know if you've been here long enough, but there are countless leaders in this body. That is not an accident. It's intentional. We believe that that's what God does. And so I want to walk to you, I want to walk you through something that you've heard me preach a million times and you already know it, but I want to put it in your heart one more time. I believe that there's an image that Devin gave you. I want you to put this image up. When we talk about the process of transformation, this is what we're doing. It's not a list on a wall. We believe that everybody comes to the door. And Jesus is the one that opens the door. And Jesus came so that you would, come on, meet the... Because people in the Old Testament did not know they were scared about God. They believed in piety pays, perversity punishes. If you mess up, God's going to give you a lightning bolt right to your rear. Boom! You know what I'm saying? Like they, they were scared. When the prophets showed up, they trembled. 
And Jesus began to come and talk about how God is a good father. He's relational. He wants to connect with you. And so when we walk through this, these are not lists. This is the doorway to your purpose. When you meet Jesus, He unlocks the door for you to know and meet the Father. To handle the issue of identity, to handle the issue of adopted, bought, and chosen, to handle that issue once and for all. And you need that to start to be free. We're in a world with daddy issues and brokenness. And Jesus came so that you would know God and be redeemed. Listen to this. God doesn't see you as a problem that needs to be fixed. He sees you as a son and daughter that you need to be loved. And we got way too many people that identify God as fixer. God is not insecure. Hit it, buddy. You know what I'm saying? God, God, God is not insecure in what He does. He knows what He does. Can I just tell you, if you're a parent, don't ever tell your kids that you're the parent. If you're having to tell them you're the parent, then really what we're dealing with is insecurity. Because I was here first, baby. Come on. God is not insecure. He doesn't need to fix you. He knows that the process will fix you. The Holy Spirit will begin to move in your life. You'll want to be free. Not He's trying to take stuff from you, but you're wanting to give it up. Come on, does that make sense? Like there's a difference of how God does it. Religion says, fix you, be better. God says, come as you are, and my process will begin to heal your life. Come on. Accept forgiveness. This word accept does not just mean take. And when you read it, it's hard to digest because I'm like, ah, yeah, you, you call me wrong. It means that forgiveness is the key to transformation. You cannot move on and be free if you don't accept the fact that you have to forgive. I have to forgive myself. I have to forgive the people in my life. And if I am uh, burdened with all of the people that let me down, then you're focused on all of the hurt, not the freedom. You have to accept forgiveness. Like, forgiveness is part of my life. We could all sit down at a table and talk about the people who rejected you, the people who lied to you, the the church member that you thought was awesome and then all of a sudden had an affair. We can all talk about these moments because the truth is there's a spiritual battle raging and God is trying to build us up and the enemy is trying to take us out. And if you can't forgive people, if you can't forgive yourself, you will never move on to purpose and destiny. You will sit in your house and you will hide. You will lament over all the things that went wrong, but you need to accept the fact that the only way forward is through forgiveness. Jesus made it super clear. Matthew chapter 6 verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive who? But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, 
neither will your father forgive yours. You can't circumvent freedom. You can't try to claim scripture verses, but not deal with this issue. You're going to have to release some people. So there are moments when you're going to have to throw your hands up. You're going to have to kneel at your seat. And you're going to have to say, I am wrestling with this because I've been hurt so deeply. But I know I can't go forward keeping this. And so God, I give it to you. The abandonment, the brokenness, the hurt, the lies, the deception. The boss that told you one thing and then promoted somebody else. And we all have a story. Forgiveness is a tool in the believer's life. Forgiveness isn't just for the ones who hurt you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. It releases you from hurtful moments. And you have to accept the fact that you need it and you got to give it. You need it and you got to give it. And so you can sit in church for a year and be hard hearted. Or you can accept the fact that I need forgiveness. And I need to forgive my wife. I need to forgive my husband. I need to forgive my kids. I need to forgive my dad. And I'm not saying that it's not a moment where you forgive and then have to walk through it. Does that make sense? Um, Just because you forgive doesn't mean you forget. Okay, so let's just have context there. The truth of the matter is you may have to drop that thing like it's hot. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's stupid. Uh, (laughs) But but you're going to have to forgive a bunch of times. Okay? Live free. The Bible tells us to see God. Listen to this. You have to have a pure heart. The Bible says it is the pure heart that see Him. And so if you can't see Him, then you really won't be able to see your purpose. And so you'll live insecure most of your life, not believing that God has good things for you. Because the Bible says that how we perceive things comes out of our own heart. So if you're always thinking that someone's doing something wrong, then guess what? That's an indication that something's broken in you. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Help me remove this stuff going on in me. And to do that, you're going to have to walk into some freedom. And and for me, this is the hardest part to manage. Because in every heart, there is hurt, lies, pride, lust. And these things want to build your heart so that it will stay hard. And you cannot just serve God with your intellect. We talked last week that, you know what? A lot of people want to serve God with just their heart and soul and miss intellect. So this week I'm coming for all you intellectuals. You cannot serve God up here and be all nasty, stanky right here. Because the words that come out of your mouth flow from your heart. If you're always speaking negative, check your heart. 
If you're always speaking fear, check your heart. And there are real moments that you're going to have to get with the Lord and go, take it. And then you're going to be like, I want it. And take it. I want it. Okay, I'll touch it. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be that. And God understands it. But what are the hurts? The lies, the sin, the lust, the pride that is blocking off your freedom. That's why we're doing freedom class. we got five going on right now. Because here's the deal. There are things that are in our hearts that, that if we would remove them, we're not saying that you would have a perfect life. We would say you would step into your purpose. Yeah. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit and I will put it within you. Come on. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Listen, God wants to renew your heart if you let him. The last one is fuel purpose. We want, we, we can't control everybody and you get to make the last decision. You get to make the last decision. But we believe that there are teachers and musicians and children's workers. We believe that there are servants. We want to do things and touch the city that really the only thing that we're waiting on is people. Because here's what I'm telling you and I just want to just talk a little bit. Because on occasion people say, you know what, I like coming to your church because it's smaller. Baby, it ain't going to be smaller for long. This is the smallest it's ever going to be. For us to take more, there's got to be more people saying, I'll carry that. The way Moses did it, he actually got a rebuke from his father-in-law and said, man, you're holding up the process because you're trying to do everything. You're trying to judge every right and wrong and you need to diversify. You need to give some responsibility out. Pick people who can do 10, 100, and 1,000 and turn them loose. Give them expectations and turn them loose. And that's what we're working on doing. I never want to be an insider club. And I'm asking you to plant. I'm asking you to invite your friends to be a part of the harvest. To, to, I believe that purpose is found on the other side of freedom. And before we can unlock what God gave you, we got to heal what man did to you. We got to heal what we did to ourselves. But I am telling you that while we're all praying for revival, I need you to understand something. I believe in revival and I believe in a spiritual outpouring. But here's the deal. God is always going to do his work through us. And so God's not going to rent a TV screen on the highway and do ministry. He's going to change your life. And use you. And y'all come on up. You. Um, you are welcome in this house. And you don't. Listen. You don't have to look any further. Um, now I, I would just tell you. Um, if you don't know me. Um, we're, we're pretty. 
locked in on this vision. And so uh, you may think, oh man, this would be a great church if we changed it. You might need to go down the road. Because it's, it's going to get better. Um, it's going to get healthier. But it's not changing. Because this is what God set us to do. And I believe that there are some believers here that maybe you need to surrender. Your first step is you need to surrender your life to Jesus. Like the whole process is waiting for you to open the door because he's knocking and you need to let him in and you need to walk through the threshold. Come on and start your whole life. And in a couple of years, I promise you, if you keep engaging and walking in courage, your whole life will change. The Bible says that For a seed to live, it has to die. Today, would you give up that old mindset and plant the seed of life? Would you you plant the seed of life? Come on, y'all stand up with me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.